I, I want to tell you what I've done today and the order we've happened today is uh, I wrote this down in my office to this week. I said, we've gone from a time change to a life change. Last Sunday, we were beginning to deal with time change. This Sunday, it's moved into life change. And so I want to, uh, I want to lead you in this. I read, I read something this week. I don't know who the author of this is, but it isn't me. It said, when life knocks you to your knees, don't just stay there, pray there. Uh, and I, I thought, man, that's just really spoken to me. And uh, why, why are we here today? I told you we're not defiant, we're not more brave, we're not more spiritual, and more, not more faithful, not rebellious, not being stubborn. Why am I here today? I, I looked to Scripture for a biblical picture of leadership in this, this time. Not just preachers I've known. I went to Scripture and I went to the Old Testament leadership. And in the Old Testament, they called for solemn assemblies. Ezra, Nehemiah, Joel, Solomon. Uh, and that's what I've done today without really announcing it in any other way. We, we did mention it in our online communication with you about a solemn assembly. They're called sacred assemblies. And uh, they handle crisis. The, the leader of that time and of those people called their people together to handle the crisis. It could be the handling of an emergency. There could be sin in the camp and they needed to handle it. Uh, lots of disobedience. They, they also handled plagues and pestilence and locusts taking over their area. And they, they handled it as celebration. It becomes a mixture of both. So I... Uh, I, I'm boiling it down to you in a simple way about what a solemn assembly is. A solemn assembly is gathering the people together to cry out to God. We cry out to Him. We take our focus off everything else and we cry to Him. Some are going to say that Satan brought this virus and some are going to say that God brought it at His judgment and we can argue over did Satan bring it or did God bring it you can do that arguing. I just know where to run. Okay? We can get into the debate of how it got here. I can only instruct you on where to go. That's all I can do. And we cry out to our Lord. And uh, the uh, two questions that I'm, I'm going to bring up to you today. And the two questions are, am I sad at what I've lost? You know, the freedom to go to places and uh, sports and uh, even money. Am I am, is that am I am I upset and confused about what I have lost in the freedom to go and to do and to whatever, or am I sad that my focus was way too much on these things? Those are two good questions to ask. Am I upset that I've lost all that? I mean, ESPN is crickets, and I don't mean the extra other sport, you know. Uh, it's, it's, uh, people, people are absolutely going, what am I going to do without March Madness? I understand. Well, I'm, I'm just, I mean, I mean just, just think about those questions. Am I, am I upset over what I've lost, the freedom to do, or am I upset because I focused way too much 
on those things. A solemn assembly asks those questions. If we come to an solemn, a solemn assembly of what we're doing, we ask those questions and it becomes a point of confession and repentance. Today in prayer, and it's going to be a long prayer. It's not going to be a short prayer. Today in prayer, we're going to ask and seek him and we're going to ask for his mercy. We have his grace. He gives us what we don't deserve. That's grace. We're going to ask for his mercy. And we're not going to ask for his mercy just for our nation. We're going to ask for his mercy from the world. Uh, there's a verse we're going to use today, and I'm going to walk you through this verse. It's going to be used all over the world today, and it should be. And it's 2 Chronicles 7:14. You know it. My people, called by my name, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their evil ways. We're actually just going to go in that process. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land. And uh, if you go a few verses up in, in chapter 7, you're going to see that this right here comes out of a solemn assembly called by Solomon. And this one is a celebration. So we're not only going to come to go to God because we're in a crisis as a solemn assembly, we're also going to go to him in celebration even in the midst of this crisis. We're going to do both. In, uh, but this is, this is what the Lord said to them in their solemn assembly. Uh, and let me, I, I know, I want you to hear me. I know people are going, church is not a place, it's a people. And that's exactly right. But I also want you to know, they called the solemn assembly because the Lord showed them how to build the temple and they've got a place to go and cry out to God. So, I mean, we can, you know, I can, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it just, it gets a little crazy. Uh, listen, if we were mobile back where we are early days, the first nine years of our life together, uh, we would have to shut down because we're under the mercy of the middle school. Uh, I would have had to make the decision. I'm grateful, to be honest with you, that we're here and we have this place. Do I think he lives in here? I don't. I think he lives in you. That's the difference between then and now. But nonetheless, uh, I call you here today. I didn't make you come. I want you to know I didn't make any of our staff come. I was hoping Logan wouldn't come. That way I could preach and lead worship. But that didn't happen. I was wanting to do both, actually. Uh, but, you know, Logan, being stubborn, he just showed up anyway. So, uh, I, but I checked all of our staff. Are you okay? I mean, I, I don't want you coming because you're employed here. Are you okay with this? Because I'm not making anybody show up today. Uh, I, I want that clear and I want that to be understood. So we're going to go through this sequence in prayer, but here's my challenge to you. Uh, you and I, if we're not careful in our words, we will say, man, I can't wait till it goes back to normal. I don't want to go back to normal. I don't want to go back to the way it was. If we go back to the way it was, you'll be focused on money and sports and all the places that you can go. I don't want to go there again. I'm challenging you to not pray to go back to normal. I'm challenging you to do that. You and I may have to repent of it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm challenging you today that our world and my life is going to be redesigned on the other side of this virus. And I want to tell you, I welcome the redesign.
in my life, in yours, and even the life of our church. I don't want to go back to the way it was. Uh, so in our praying today, we're going to be asking the Lord for his newness of life. We can get to go to a conference to be a better man and a better woman, a better parent, a better husband, father, mother, wife. Uh, listen, it's not about being better, folks. It's about being new. He brings new creation to us. The, the, the mercies of the Lord are new every day. Walk in the oldness of life. Is that what it says? No. Walk in the newness of life. So it's not about me being better. I don't want to be a better leader. I want to be a new leader. I want to be a new pastor. Uh, so let's welcome the challenge of asking him for a redesign of our own personal lives. Just redesign it, Lord. Um, there's a lot that's baffling to me and you. And one of the things that's captured all of us is how fast all this happened. That's what's blown our minds. Is how quickly, how quickly all of what we once had one day uh, was taken away in the next. I just want to remind you, the Lord's going to come back faster than that. It's in the twinkling of an eye. And I don't know if I can measure a twinkle. I just know that my eye twinkled the first time I saw Julie. I can just tell you that. All right, that twinkle's been there for a long time. But he's coming back. He doesn't say a second. He's, when he comes back, it'll be even faster than how our lives were changed with this. Whenever that is. I said, uh, you're going to laugh at this. I told Becky Gash, I called her. That's Charles and Gail Humpston's daughter. Charles, as you know, was a mentor to me. And Gail, too, like a second mom and dad. Charles had this, uh, and he died in last August, and we know that Gail died earlier this year. And uh, leaders of our church, and I, I miss Charles. Some of you who know me well knew I had a daily conversation, sometimes multiple conversations a day with Charles. And I missed him during this crisis. And I knew that he would give me a calm demeanor uh, of just, let's think through this, it'll be fine. Gail, she would have had a megaphone saying, the Lord's coming back this afternoon. I mean, it, it would have been from one, it would have gone from one extreme to the other. I, I swear, she'd have gotten a truck and one of those old vote for me speakers, you know what I mean? And gone through town saying the Lord is coming back. It'd be the dichotomy of both of them. And oh, oh, how I miss them. But what's captured us is how fast our lives changed. That's the thing that's gotten us. And I want to speak to that. To be a good leader, I have to disciple your tension. Where you are, we all know where that tension is today. But here, here's a format when we pray. I'm going to ask us to ask the Lord to deal with me before we ask him to deal with the virus. And we're going to ask him to deal with the virus. We're not going to say, God, can you kind of? We're going to ask him to deal with the virus. But before we even get to that in our prayer, will each one of us say, Lord, I want you to handle me before I ask you to handle my crisis. I don't want to go back. If I let us go back to what we were before this, I'm a bad leader.
I can't let you use the language of let me get back to normal. We needed heart change before this virus came. And before we deal with that, which we will, let's let him deal with us. Okay? Would you just bow with me? All right? I'm going to lead you. As we bow, you know how we start, church. We love him. I love you, Lord. Let him hear from that. That from his children. Tell him that you love him. Your heart to his. And then I want you to give him praise. Some of you very well know his names that he's used. Christ. Um, he's the anointed one. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And you all know uh, he's the one who's faithful and true. And all those things. Just hallowed be his name right now in prayer. Will you do that? Just call him. Names you know of him. Speak to him. Give, give him praise right now. We love him. Give him praise. Set him higher. Set him above everything. A name that is above every name. Even in your prayer today, tell him, I'm here to seek you. And I'm here to cry out to you. I know as a pastor, I'm, I'm Julie and I, we have no grandchildren, but yet we have many grandchildren. Your children are our grandchildren. And they're scared. I know they're scared. And I, I don't want them to be scared. I mean, even as a pastor, I'm reaching your children as a grandparent to not be scared and not be afraid. So tell it. We're here to seek you. Lord, we're going to cry out to you. And then begin by thanking him. And let's first of all, let's say, Lord, I thank you for your provision. And I know you may be worried about your future provision. But let's thank him for how he has provided. Let's, let's start today and go backward. Say, Lord, thank you for your provision over my life, our lives. Will you be mad at me if I tell you that we're spoiled? Will you be mad at me? We become spoiled. Thank you for his provision for us. Would you thank you for his protection for us? It's by his grace that we're here. And by his grace, he's going to lead us through. In a moment, we're going to ask for his mercy. But right now, thank you for his grace. And then, I'm going to give you a moment here. But, Count your blessings, will you? I want to sing the song, name them one by one. Listen, listen to me. Your children are here. Listen to me. Look at me. If your children are in this room, I want you to look at every one of them in the eye while you're here and let them hear from your lips to their ears that you are a blessing to me. 
Say it. You hear me? Say it. Madison, you're a blessing to me. You're the best flag waver I've ever seen. That's an inside joke in the neighborhood. Tell them. You're a blessing. They're afraid. Tell your kids. Gosh, you are a blessing to me. Let them hear that. Count your blessings. You hear me? Count them. Bow your head. Let the Holy Spirit remind you of your blessings. And thank you. He may give them to you in pictures. He may give them to you in names and words. But just thank you. And if you can't tell your children that today, uh, see that you do it before the day's over with, okay? Because our children are afraid. They look to us, which is one of the reasons I called the solemn assembly today. Count them. What are your blessings? Thank you. In the sequence of the verse in 2 Corinthians 7, 14, it's time for our confession. Have I put any idols in front of him? Can it be in the places that I used to run? It can. It can. It can be places, things, people. It can be a lot of stuff. Take a moment and bring your personal confession before Him. It's almost what we started in Lent in the song. Lord, search me and find any, any way in my life that is against you. So if you know of something you need to confess about, I'm not going to have you come up here and shout it to me or to us. It's to Him. So anything you need to confess to Him, do so. I've even brought corporate confession as a church. Lord, have, uh, have, we, uh, have we been faithful? Lord, have I, have I led our church in a worldly way or have I done it in a heavenly way? Have I done it with the task of the world or the mission of, the, of Jesus? I ask, is there anything we as a church need to confess? not just individual confession. I want you to know as a leader, I went through corporate confession for us. Would you surrender today and say, I don't want the world to design me. I want you to redesign me. I don't want our world or you or any of our churches or any of us as believers to go back to the way we were. It is a moment for newness in our life and to look at that and to capture that. And now would you ask him to forgive you? Confession is one portion. Asking his forgiveness is another. Ask for his forgiveness to you and to us as a church, as a believer. His forgiveness.
I'm asking you to cry out to God and say, God, have mercy on us. Obviously, some of our thinking is going to be in the boundaries of our nation. I'm not asking for just our nation. God, forgive us as a world. Ask Him. Cry out to Him. Lord, have mercy on us. Let me tell you the power that that has. You're going, Jeff, I, I've just never been taught to say, God, have mercy on us. In the New Testament, look at the people he healed and see how they approached him. What did they say? Son, son of David, what did they say? Have mercy on me. Oh Lord, have mercy on me. What's mercy? Holding back what you and I deserve. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my home. Have mercy in our land as a nation. Have mercy on our world. Uh, the blind man, son of David, have mercy on me. His people don't take it for granted. We cry out for his mercy. I'm asking us in our solemn assembly today that we cry out for his mercy on us. Have it. And then as, the, as we cry out for mercy, will you thank him for his grace? Thank you for what you've given me that I don't deserve. But Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. I don't care what your political flavor is. Pray for our president and our vice president in this task force. Will you do that? Pray for them right now by name. Pray for them. They lead us. Pray for world leaders world leaders we can talk about those who lead brazil but i also saw a picture of the president of brazil had a gideon's new testament in his hand i've been fussing i'm going to tell you i didn't start hearing about praying about this till saturday i've heard everything else but i've not heard a leader talk about prayer until saturday so pray you pray for your president your vice president that task force, those health departments that, that are there, pray for them. I want you to pray for our governor, Andy Bashir. I think he's done a good job. I think he's been on top of things. I understand. I'm not doing today out of defiance or rebellion against our governor. He's being a good leader. I'm trying to be a good leader too. But pray for Andy Bashir. Pray for his staff that's leading us. Some of the things he's saying aren't easy either. They're tough things to say. So lead up our governor. Will you do that? His family and his leadership. Pray for those. I want you to pray for the medical community. Uh, some of you are caregivers and you walk into the war zone. You're going to do it tomorrow, today, this afternoon. Pray for our medical community, the doctors, the ERs, the nurses, the caregivers, the administration. I'm on a board of a hospital. I chair the board of our hospital. We have to make and they have to make hard decisions. Pray for those, those who lead nursing homes. Pray for these people in the medical field.
Pray for pastors and churches. We have to make decisions that are open to critique all the time, especially now. Uh, I've just heard it that if you don't have church, you're unloving, and if you have church, you're unloving. Uh, I'm not unloving, so let's don't get into those critiques. Let's be gentle there. Let's be peaceful there. Uh, I just don't like, I just remove myself from those conversations. Uh, my point is, we have to make tough decisions too. Pray for pastors and churches. Will you do that? Pray for us. I told you before we handled the, the virus in our prayer, we would handle ourselves. Now I'm asking you for the Lord to contain the virus and to remove the virus. Don't, don't say God kinda and, and Lord, if you can find time, maybe. And I want you to ask him, can you contain this, Lord? Will you contain this? Will you remove this from our land? I'm asking you to asking to remove the panic from our land. The panic is not coming from one place, it's coming from several places. But it comes from our tension. I'm asking you to ask the Lord to contain the virus and to remove the virus. Yesterday, we met here in the altar and I prayed Lord, let this place be a place of healing for people who are emotionally afraid. Uh, whatever needs to happen there and for people who are physically ill. Will you take a moment and ask for the Lord for people that you know that are sick, whether it's this virus, it's something else, it's cancer, it's whatever. Will you take a moment, because you know people in your life who are not well, and will you pray for them? Pray for them right now. In the declaration of 2 Chronicles 7, 14, uh, pray for the healing of our land. And it's not just the healing of a virus in our land. Pray and cry out to God for the healing of our land. We needed healing in our land before we had a virus in our land. Pray for that. Lord, heal our land. Turn our hearts back to you once again. Heal our land, Lord. It's more than a virus. Tell him, I don't want to go back to normal. It's new. There is a redesign of Hope Church on the other side of this, I promise you. Let's be willing to receive it. And don't go thinking we didn't need it. We all needed it. Where's our focus? Where's our purpose? Where is it? It's in Him. Pray that He heal our land. And that does include the virus. But it includes more than the virus. I, I, I called you here today for that. To collectively cry out to Him. Have mercy on us. Heal our land. 
And then there comes a time of surrender in a, in a solemn assembly, there was a surrender. I surrender to you, Lord. I'm surrendering to you today. I give you my life, not to be better, but to be new. I need redirection. I need redesign in my life. And I want you to thank him. Thank the Lord that he hears us. There's a, a few verses down past this one on the screen. And it is that I will be attentive to you in this place. I will hear you. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us. Tell the Lord, thank you for loving me. A wretch like me. Listen, guys, when, when you and I have been faithless, Scripture says, but we also know it by experience, when the last thing on my mind was God, He remained faithful to me. So thank Him for loving us, thank Him for forgiving us, and thank Him for His faithfulness in our life. As we prep toward Easter, what He did on the cross then is a blessing to us even in the midst of now. It was not only sin and death and shame and guilt that he took on. There was wonder at the cross. Do you all understand? It is finished. I have. He didn't die there. Did he die there? No. Did he die in the tomb? No. He, he's raised. I, I, there's, a, there's a virus among us, but where am I going to run? Am I anti-science? No, my family's full of caregiving and medical care. Full of it. But I'm just saying, as I'm thankful for all those places, I'm thankful for technology, I'm thankful for the cures, I'm thankful for the, the caregivers, I'm thankful for all that. I've got to call you to go there. We've got to go a notch above that. I'm not, I'm not diminishing that at all. We've got to go above that. Thank you, Lord, for what you did on the cross. It's a place of wonder and love and obedience and even faithfulness to us today. And I want you to thank Him for that. I want you to thank Him for that. A solemn assembly is a place where we cry out to God, we call upon His mercy, and we ask Him to handle whatever crisis is there. But it's also a place of celebration and we're gonna celebrate. So Lord, I thank you today of you being in our presence. Lord, we came here to even learn how to disciple others through this tension, to not be a part of, of conversations where there is a, a critical nature. We're not doing that. Let, you be, let us be a people of encouragement, a people of hope, and a people of praise. Let us, let us be that. Let us be that today. That's who we are. And that's who we want to be. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray and that we pray together. Amen. Church, let's stand. Let's continue our worship. God bless you.